score! Nicholas Waugh ties it! Rebound goal for Nick Waugh! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. A steal for Colasar. Charging out. Colasar the right, he shoots and scores! Colasar on the breakaway! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the. Here we go on a Monday. You know what that means, 702-876-1340. That's the number. As always, it is Ask the Insiders, which you can give us a call, 702-876-1340, and ask us questions or give us your pressing opinions when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, a team that over the weekend did pick up a point in Ottawa, a 4-3 shootout loss to the Senators to start the five-game road trip. You've got Toronto tomorrow, and then you got Boston, Buffalo, and Columbus before returning home to face the Vancouver Canucks. Not an easy road ahead for the Vegas Golden Knights, but it did feel in some ways like Vegas got closer to the type of game they'd like to play with Mark Stone out of the lineup. Still no Jack Eichel, all of that. We're going to get into the Winnipeg Jets' attendance. That's been kind of a hot-button issue for not just the Jets, but the National Hockey League as a whole over the last week or so. Uh, So we'll dig into that a little bit more in our number one. We'll also talk about one of the greatest moments in sports trash talk history that's coming at you as well as one timers an hour number two bruce cassidy's audio from earlier today in which i feel like he said quite a few things without saying everything that was on his mind as well as game ratings for that 4-3 shootout loss to the ottawa senators that's coming in hour number two as well but as we do every single monday we start things off with your phone calls 702-876-1340 if you are bashful you don't like to uh call in to a show hit us on the text line same number 702-876-1340 i want to know what you're looking for not just in terms of the game tomorrow night against Toronto, but I want to know what you're looking for the remaining four games of this road trip. Specifically, how many points is acceptable to you if you're a Golden Knight fan? That's the question I am asking you. In turn, you can give me an answer and then you can ask me your own questions, but how many points are you looking for out of the remaining eight on this road trip? How many is acceptable to you if you're a Golden Knights fan? Give us a call right now, 702-876-1340. We have a lines open, so if you call in, I'm putting you on the air. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, I'll take four points. That's my first salvo. And then secondly, can we ask about Mallard? Is he coming back this week? I don't know if he'll be back this week. Um, I I know he's out at least until midweek. From there, we'll we'll kind of assess things. But uh, yeah, he he's he's doing better. That's kind of the, the the update that I can give you. But he's he's still not ready to come back uh, on the radio just yet. Okay, week to week. Mm-hmm. Well, 
looking at the team as it's structured right this minute. Two questions that I'll have today. Number one is, if we had our druthers and had four straight home games coming up, would that be better, or is it actually better that we're on the road trying to bond at this particular moment? Um, I'm, I think it's better that you're on the road. Frankly, you have no distractions. If you're the Golden Knights and you are trying to get back to your identity, you're trying to get back out there and play your game, I know you don't get the benefit of last change and, and, and you don't get to chase the matchups that maybe you're looking for, but I think to a degree it's just a lot better to go out there on the road, try to take fans out of the building, out of the emotion of the game, and get back to focusing on yourself. I, I think the road is probably the best place for the Golden Knights right now. Yeah I, I, yeah, I agree with that, Ryan. I mean, I think you just had a bunch of games at home that you lost, and sandwiched in the middle you had two road games against well, bad teams. So mm-hmm. I want I want this team on the road. It's an opportunity for these guys to bond, get re, get reconnected, get close. We know from listening to Michael Amadio today that the team went out to a bunch of guys went out to dinner last night. So it's the road trips are good in in those regards and sometimes it's an opportunity to kind of work on the things that you don't really get to work on at home and that's building camaraderie with your teammates. Mm-hmm. Could not agree more, gentlemen, with that assessment. One other question. Mm-hmm before I leave you today, is that yep. we have been famous for making tweaks in late February. A year ago today, we picked up Ivan Barbashev. We picked up Mark Stone five years ago this week. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. of course, the, Do- the Donoff deal, which is world famous, mm-hmm. uh, occurred two seasons ago. So I'm wondering, uh, and it's something you will discuss, I'm sure, thoroughly, is uh, will we have to do that again in 2024? Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, Mike. We we can dig into that a little bit a little bit later on in the show. Uh, do we have to? Do the Golden Knights have to tweak something with their roster at the trade deadline? I don't think they have to. I think they will. And, and you know, you can maybe make the argument that that's semantics, but I don't think that this team, based on the players that they brought back, if everyone's healthy, and that's always the caveat. I think they trust in their team and their their team's ability to go back to the playoffs and and go on a lengthy run. But I do think that there is a degree of trying to bolster your lineup as best you can. So whether or not they have to, I think, is a, a different debate. I believe they will. I, I don't know that you're looking at the Golden Knights going into the trade deadline, especially with some of the players that are not available right now as a team that's going to kind of rest on their laurels. I think they're going to to bring something in to help this team down the stretch. But good stuff, Mike. We'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more either today or or as we go through the week on, on the uh, show. Let's go back out of the phone line, 702-876-1340. Mike's gone. There is a line open, but let's get to Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you for taking my call, and love you and Chapman. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Well, a couple things. I love Darren, too, but uh looks like he's still under the weather. But a couple mm-hmm. things, like the mantra last year was it hurts to win, and this mm-hmm. year for the fans, and I've been to the last three or four home games, it sucks to lose. This is yeah. rough. I I don't disagree with you. And when, when you've when you've won as much as, you know, this organization has won, not just last season and winning the Stanley Cup, but really their entire existence, it it it's hard 
to come up short in games. It's hard to lose. It's hard to drop a home game 7-3 to against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I, I'm with you there. It's absolutely understandable that fans are frustrated. Um, but I, I would just kind of say that when you look at the Golden Knights, the players that are out, you got to trust in Bruce Cassidy to find something with this team in order to put wins on the board. And I think that's what this road trip's going to be about for the Golden Knights. We'll look back on this road trip as Bruce figuring out what he needs and how he needs to get it with the players that he has available to him. No, I appreciate that. And I agree. And like he says, you know, the uh, bottom line is, is you got to play, you know, structure. But I've got a question for you. I don't know how the listeners feel out there. But it just seems like Cotter has turned into a turnover machine. He go, every time he goes into the corner, he never comes out with the puck. He makes the wrong decision. He couldn't buy a goal off. He couldn't score off you or I. And then he takes that you know boneheaded penalty with a two to one lead. And it just mm. seems like his game it, something's in his head. Yeah, you know, Bill. Thanks so much for the call. And and I think that you you kind of touched on maybe the issue for Paul Cotter right at the end of the phone call. I think Paul is a very emotional player. You, you, you're around Paul Cotter for more than five minutes. Like You understand how much this kid cares and how much he wants to be a difference maker and an impact player for the Golden Knights. You saw it last year in how he kind of approached training camp and, and forcing his way onto this team out of camp. Now, Things become more difficult when you've been in the league for a little bit longer. People know you, they understand your tendencies, and it becomes really a, a lot more difficult to to do some of the things that maybe you were able to do in your rookie year. I think for Paul Cotter right now, he needs a goal to fall for him. Like a goal that he is able to rip by a goalie, you get a one-on-one, a shot, something. I think he just needs a confidence-building play to drop for him. And then I think things will kind of normalize and settle. I, I To his own standards, I feel like he would look at this year as a down year for him. He would kind of agree in that you know, he can be better. There are opportunities for him to be more impactful, and it, I believe he wants to be. It's just things become a little bit more difficult when you've been in the league, when you're an everyday player. The, the attention to detail, it ratchets up even more. And right now, I think Paul's trying to do too much. And that's kind of impacting his overall game. I, I believe he can do some really good things for this team. He's a power forward. He's built a little bit differently. He's got an incredible strength. He's got great handles, good hands for a player his size. He just needs to kind of put it all together and find some consistency in his game night to night from an impact. And I believe he'll be okay. But to your point, I think more than anything, he, he just needs one to fall for him. He just needs a goal or, or a play to fall, and, and he'll be okay. Yeah, Let's I, go back out I and think fall. You, go ahead. You kind of touched on it, right? He's trying to maybe do a little too much. And I think it's just mm-hmm. natural with guys out of the lineup. Everyone wants to contribute in their own way. And I think for Paul Cotter, he, he's, he's trying too hard. Like, he's not playing his game. He's trying to be someone else. And we, we, we know what Paul Cotter can be when he plays this game. He's, he's a really good depth, depth player. But mm-hmm. moving up and down the lineup, I think sometimes maybe that maybe that kind of forces a guy to change the way he plays a little bit, especially a young player. You want to fill in. You want to step into someone else's shoes. And I think sometimes when you do that, you kind of forget to wear your own shoes. And, and Cotter 
Seems it just seems to me like he's trying too hard, like you mentioned, and he's not really playing his game. And I think once he gets back to playing his game, I think I think mm-hmm. he'll be okay. I mean, he he's a solid player, and and certainly he's a player who contributes when he's when he's you know playing his game. So let's hope he gets it figured out quick because I really like I really like the guy, and you know he's a fun guy. He's an easy guy to root for. So uh, I know I'm rooting for him to to get back to being the Paul Cotter we we know. Yeah, it's it's what Bruce Cassidy's talked about, right? Especially when it came to defensemen. You're not asking Caden Korzak or Daniil Mirmanov to go out there and be Shea Theodore. You want them to be the best version of Caden Korzak and Daniil Mirmanov that they can be. And I think Paul Cotter is, is, as you mentioned, trying to do maybe a little bit too much. He's putting the onus on himself to go out there and score at a clip like Jack Eichel or Mark Stone where you just need Paul Cotter to go out there and be the best version of Paul Cotter. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. No complaints. Yeah, so sending some love out to Darren. Um, I kind of had a cold that lingered for a while, and it was not fun. So hoping he feels better mm-hmm. soon. Um, yeah. I can't remember exactly what the questions you asked for, but the main thing I want to see from this road trip is mm-hmm. the team get back into the defensive structure that they're known for, right? This is a team that wins games when we don't let our opponents score very much. Like, we're not mm-hmm. high-scoring team, right? It's usually if we can keep them to one or two goals, we can win. Um, and and that's, I feel like that's kind of what's been missing. We've had the more-than-normal goals against allowed and you know our goalies haven't quite been getting as many as they normally would which you know I everybody has off days it happens um but also just with the forward group moving and changing so much some of that defensive structure has been not quite there so just hoping to see them work on that and focus on that and just keep those goals against down I would be totally happy winning games one nothing two to one, right? I don't need to see them put 10 goals on the board every night to be happy. A win is a win, no matter, mm. you know, what the, the, the score differential is. Um, and then just, I, 50% on the road trip, I, I will be happy. I would love to see more. Um, mm. But just, you know, keep it reasonable expectations. This is a hard road trip. And, Generally, the idea is go 50% on the road, and I'd be yeah. happy with that. Yeah, great stuff there, Stephanie. Thanks so much for the call. I'm with you on you know, a 500 road trip. If you can get a little bit above it, that'd be great. Obviously, you pick up a point in, in Ottawa, so you've got one uh, out of those five points you're, you're essentially looking for here. If you're able to get two wins, maybe another one in overtime, then all of a sudden uh, it looks like a great road trip. Um, but your your points well taken in the defensive zone, right? For the Golden Knights, uh, scores right now with both Eichel and Stone out of the lineup, no Carrier, no Dorofiev. Um, you're going to have to look to keeping the opposition to to three or less. That, that really is what it boils down to. And and frankly, it might be two or less, just because you don't have the same offensive firepower that you would if you had Stone or Eichel in the lineup. You don't have two guys that can go out there and be a difference maker, make one play. Um, and, and so you're going to have to make it as as reasonable as you can possibly make it on the rest of your lineup. So uh, you're right. Their identity has to be defense first. You have to get better goaltending, and I think the Golden Knights um, 
Naden Hill and Logan Thompson, they would accept that that's true. And if you get those things on this road trip, you can really start to turn things around, right the ship, and feel good about where the Golden Knights are at. 702-876-1340. We do have lines open. So if you call in, we're putting you on the air. If you have questions, now's the time, 702-876-1340. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in John. Hey, John, how you doing? All right, no, John. Charlie, are you with us? Hey, Charlie, are you there? Yes, I'm here. I awesome. couldn't hear you when that was on hold, though, so I don't know if that's uh, changed or not. Um, but both Ryan and Chris appreciate what you do for us, and I do miss Darren. You make a good uh, threesome. Yeah. Um, I'm scratching my head trying to figure out why we have so many injuries the last three years. Do you have any rational explanation? Because when we're healthy, we're the best team in the league. Look at the playoffs. We lost Thompson. That was about it. All the other guys were back, and we're awesome with our depth. But if you look at this year, Edmonton and Vancouver, neither one have had any significant long-term injuries for any of their key players. Do you have any reason why for the last three years we've been snake bit? I, I really don't, Charlie, and, and I wish that I did. I wish that there was you know a common theme popping up outside of the fact that there have just been injuries to go around. Obviously, with Mark Stone, like you understand that, that the back issues are um, you know, something that he was dealing with for a little bit of time, and then obviously you go to correct it. It, it kind of pops back up on you, go to correct it again. It worked out well as he was great in the postseason and played every game, and then the injury that he's dealing with right now is, is just you know, it's it's not the same thing, right? So uh, it just feels like bad luck for, for Mark Stone, for Jack Eichel. It's, it's kind of the same thing. It's, it doesn't appear to me that it's one common thread that you can pull on the injury front, to, to be honest. I think what you're looking at right now is the price of winning a Stanley Cup. And, and to a degree, I, I would make the argument that, yes, the Golden Knights were incredibly healthy down the stretch and into the postseason, and when they were able to look back on what they did and accomplished in that playoff run. They had a fairly stable lineup night in and night out. But you also recognize that you know some guys are, are going to go out there because it's the Stanley Cup Final or because it's the Western Conference Final. They're going to go and, and might play through something in those scenarios. And then you have a shortened summer. And the shortened summer, it, it's, it doesn't necessarily attack the fitness the same way that it might attack your ability to recover from that long playoff run and then go right into the grind of an 82-game season. That's kind of the best argument that I could make right now huh? is that you're, you're dealing with a shortened offseason and the highest intensity play you'll ever have in your career, and then you're right back into another grind. And, and I think you know players are, are going to have essentially feel that all season long. I, was, I always thought it was just bad luck, but three years in a row is a lot of bad luck. And it's significant injuries to significant players for a significant yeah. amount of time. And then I look at Edmonton and Vancouver, and I think uh, McDavid missed, what, three games in November? Sure. Other yeah. than that, all their key players are all healthy. The only thing I'd say, Charlie, and, and maybe this can give you a little bit of comfort, and thanks so much for the call, is that if you look at it from the Golden Knights perspective, as long as you get into the postseason, if you're going to go through the injury bug, it might as well be in the regular season. This team won a Stanley Cup largely because they were able to, to, to get healthy at the right time of the year and stay healthy at the right time of the year, and that's in the postseason. So as, as much as this can be 
something that is frustrating to deal with as a fan. I think your your best case scenario here with the Vegas Golden Knights is that they're going through the injuries again. They have been through this. They are well-equipped to deal with it. But at the end of the day, if this means Vegas can get closer to being 100% going into the games that really matter, that's the postseason, then I think you'll take this kind of setup all day long. You'd rather have the players in every single game, all 82, and any games that you play in the postseason. It's probably not realistic at this point, so you've just got to bank on the fact that they're going to be able to get healthy in time and be healthy throughout the duration of the playoff run that the Golden Knights intend to have uh, here in the in, in the spring. Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Diane. Hey, Diane, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm finally getting to listen where I'm sitting at my desk. Nice. Um, you know, the really heartbreaking part is, as somebody had said, we, we were incredibly good and getting better and better and better into the Stanley Cup final. Mm. So you just wake up as a as a, a fan and think, oh my God, we're indestructible. But unfortunately we do have injuries and we and we have to live through them. This last game I saw quite a few um sparks of crisp passing and good defense and, and pushing forward. But Unfortunately, the mental game is where you can get hurt. And having gone through what they just went through with the last few games, it, it's hard to keep your heart going. As a, I could imagine, as a, it's hard for me. I could imagine as a, as a player how it could feel. So you're right. Being on the road, I think it's much better. I think it's much more camaraderie a chance for each of them to lift each other. Just like you said, Paul Cotter takes everything to heart. So you see what he is on the ice. And if someone or parts of the team can help him be himself and not feel like he's letting people down, Hmm. then that's going to help improve their game. So if they can take the good from the other night and push it forward, then I think we've, we've got hope. And, and that's what we're all rooting for them. Yeah, that's that's a great call, Diane. Thanks so much uh, for, for calling in, and, and I'm glad that you're able to listen to the show a little bit more. Um, I was encouraged by quite a few things in their game on Saturday, and, and I, I fully recognize that you know, there's kind of two ways to look at that game. It's a 2 nothing lead generally for the Golden Knights. That's automatic. It wasn't on that day, but they were able to rally from down 3-2 to two in the third period, and they scored a 6-on-5 goal, which is something the Golden Knights have not done very much of so far this season. So they, they kind of battle back, and, and you can look at it as a point lost or a point gained, however you want to look at it. But the fact of the matter is they were harder on pucks for the majority of the night. There weren't a ton of defensive breakdowns. There weren't a, a ton of plays where Ottawa was able to get in transition and you know get those breakaway two-on-one easy type of goals that we saw the Toronto Maple Leafs almost have at will. So it, it was improvement for the Golden Knights. Incremental improvement is what you're looking for right now. So I, I think that's a phenomenal call from you uh it's not easy when you're dealing with injuries and it's not easy when the losses are piling up but i think you look to to any type of edge that you can find or any growth in your game that you can you can really point to and i do think that there was some encouraging uh signs from the golden knights in their loss four to three in the shootout saturday against the ottawa Senators. 
Let's go back out to the phone lines, bring in Rob. Hey, Rob, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good. You know, I would like to see this team play with some fire, and I don't think they've done that almost the whole season. I mean, in the, the first 15 games, I think they were running on the adrenaline from last year. But after mm-hmm. that, it looked like they were just going through the motions of, let's get to the playoffs. It's like they were bored with the regular season. And I blame a lot of that on Bruce Cassidy because he went too easy on this team. And to be honest, you would have to probably go harder on a team that just won the championship because there's that natural, uh, we won, and they take their foot off the gas. And that's why it's so hard to re- repeat. And I just think he went too easy on them. And I think the team can you, thought, you know what, we'll can, skate through. Hey, Rob, All we got to do is get to the playoffs. And can now, you can you give me particulars? Three, can you give me like a for instance on how Bruce Cassidy's gone? No, 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 no. Not what's ahead of them. Can you give me an instance or a couple of instances in which you feel Bruce Cassidy has gone too easy on this team? Well, I just think I could. You could just see it. There was they don't play with the same intensity with last year. They don't I, check as hard. They're just not as physical. And that's a will thing. That's a that's that's not a that's not because guys are hurt. That's just a will thing. And Bruce, that's that's the job of the coach. When you see the team is not playing the right way, and he said it a couple times after some games. Mm-hmm. That's where the coach needs to step in. And I know he said before the season, I'm going to give them more leeway because they just won the cup. And but I think he made a mistake. I I, I yeah, think when the, I, when I, I don't think you can let them – that's when you really have to get a little harder on a team. I, if you, I don't if you know. I, I don't know that I agree, Rob, and, and thanks for the call. I'll tell you why. I, I think that when you go through a grind of 82 games and then you go through a grind of the postseason and you've got two months off and you're riding high, you just came off playing the most intense hockey of your career, you're not going to get back to that level anytime soon – you need to ease into the season. You just do. And I, I think growing your game is important. I think no, knowing when those benchmarks are, that you've got to ratchet things up, that you've got to add layers, that you've got to kind of get back to that intensity that you're expecting to see, that tends to happen for most teams out of the bye week in the All-Star break. That's what happened to the Golden Knights. Like We, we kind of forget that this season and last season have followed a similar trajectory in that there were injuries. There was a stretch during those injuries where the Golden Knights were not finding wins consecutively. They weren't finding wins consistently enough. And then they hit the bye week in the All-Star break. They come out of it, and they're phenomenal. And unfortunately for the Golden Knights, it's almost as if the main injuries or the ones that they've been dealing with have happened all season long. They have not been able to get into a rhythm because of it. And now coming out of the bye week in the All-Star break, you're thinking, okay, now it's time to dial things in and you lose your captain. You cannot go hard 24-7, 365. You just can't do it. You cannot ride a team harder because they won 
82 games out of the year because then you're going to burn them out by the time they get to the playoffs. You want the Golden Knights to be growing and building and getting better and better and better. I recognize it doesn't feel like that right now, but I don't know that if you're Bruce Cassidy five games into the season, you have to be yelling and screaming and not giving a little bit more leeway. I think that is how you lose a team. That's how you lose a room. And that's how you you kind of drive a team that has accomplished so much into a rut where they they can't have fun. And and a big degree with the Vegas Golden Knights and a big degree of, of winning in this league is to keep it fun for as long as possible. Because when it gets intense, it's not very much fun. It just isn't. When it is intense, when the stakes are so high, it becomes so much more than just going out there and playing a game. And I think you want to try to lean into that for as long as possible. So I just I don't agree with this idea that Bruce Cassidy took it too easy. He's navigating how to coach a team that's won for the first time at this level in his career too. Sometimes you make mistakes, but sometimes I don't view it as that. I think that this Golden Knights team just needs to find their game now and they'll start to build, understanding that it's crunch time, understanding that this is when they've got to dial up the intensity, and I expect that they will. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's bring in Rob, another Rob. Hey, so no Rob. Chapman, where am I going here? You've got like 75 names. Yeah, let's go to Rick. Okay, Rick, how you doing? Hey, not bad. How are you? Good. I'm I'm almost a local, been here 15 years, uh, and big sports fan, and I just want to give the fans a little perspective. I I've, I've mm-hmm. grew up in Seattle where I lived through two expansion teams, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of them took like 30 years to win a championship, and then here we come the first year in, we go to the finals. And uh, love the team. I live and breathe with them. So heartbroken when guys like Reeves and Flurry leave, but you know they're still our team, and uh, so I think that's where we did get spoiled. That we went all the way the first year, have made the playoffs every season except for one because of playoffs. And uh, mm-hmm. shoot, there's teams like Vancouver, and back when Hartford had a team like Winnipeg, they still mm-hmm. haven't been there. So that's part of why they said, uh, you know, six long years. Because that's unheard of, you know, for a team mm-hmm. to be in for six years and we bring home the Stanley Cup. Uh, love the team. I hate when we lose, uh, you know, but a little bit of perspective. At least it's not 20, 30, 40 years of uh, not winning anything. And, shoot, we'll always be Stanley Cup champions. So uh, love the team. You know, cut them, cut them a little slack, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Shoot. Well, hopefully it'll be a year or two years till we bring the cup. But if it's not for another 10 years, it's still the favorite team. Yeah, you know what? Thanks so much for the call, Rick. Uh, perspective's always uh, always good in, in these moments. Uh, what the Golden Knights have accomplished is amazing. Now, it doesn't mean that this is a team that's going to kind of rest on that and that they're satisfied with just one championship. They want to repeat. They've made no bones about that. Uh, but you're right. It is not easy to do the first time. There are organizations, teams uh, that have not had quite the level of success that the Golden Knights had off the jump or in the last six, seven years. So, you know, you, you, you take the good and the bad 
And right now for the Golden Knights, it's just about getting back to their game. They're still in a pretty good position to make the playoffs, so I, I wouldn't worry just yet. Uh, we'll round up or we'll finish up all the calls today with Frank. Hey, Frank, you're the last one. Make it a good one. Hey, uh, awesome. Glad to be back. I uh, haven't talked to you guys for a while, but, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to just listen to everybody. That last caller, you know, I think he was calling out uh, the coach, but, you know, he's got to understand <clears throat> maybe, maybe he is, uh, you know, getting down on these guys in the locker room and it's not what we're going to see, but I don't really believe that he's that type of coach. Uh, I know he mm-hmm. knows what needs to be done. The Knights know what they need, need to get done. They've been down this path before. No one's holding their head down, you know, especially with the game coming up tomorrow. Boy, I got to tell you, I mean, if things don't go the way we all fans would hope and coaches and players wanted to go, you, you can't get down in this team with everything that's going on. It is true that if we, if and when, and I know we will make the playoffs, this is a team that knows how to thrive on things like that. And who knows the additions that they're going to be bringing up. You know, at the trade deadline, I'm sure that management is going to go ahead and plug whatever holes they need, like we did last year with Bluger. Excuse me, with <clears throat> with Bluger and and uh, Barbashev. But uh, yeah. you know, wh- whichever it is, uh, we just you know hope that maybe Stone can come back in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. Eichel is going to be healthy. I don't know if he's on the road trip. I, I haven't had a chance to listen. And if he does come back, you know that that's great. You know, you know we absolutely need a player like that back. So. Um, I know for sure that, uh, you know, the Knights are going to be in the right direction. There's just enough funk right now. It's been a long, long road. Like you said, 82 games. Yeah. You know, you, you really got to grind to get to this point right here. And now when you get to this point, it, it really starts off fresh. So, it, you yeah. know, it's all about who you got there to play and uh, how you're playing and who you're going to start off with in the playoffs. And hopefully everything will fall our way. We might not get first place, but, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be good enough to handle – uh, any other team getting up to that point to where we might have to really start saying, okay, uh, this is where we have to uh, really push for this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off the phone. Great to be back talking to you guys. Uh, love you guys and hope to talk to you soon. Awesome stuff, Frank. Thanks so much for the call. I, I said make it a good one, and you did. Um, by the way, Frank, Jack Eichel, uh, it was revealed today by head coach Bruce Cassidy that he did make the trip for the Golden Knights. He's unsure as to whether or not Jack will return to play on this road trip, but Jack did make the trip, so that's huge news for the Vegas Golden Knights because it does open the door for at least the possibility that he could play at some point in the in the remaining four games. So that's that's big and certainly a, a nice bit of news if you're a Vegas Golden Knight fan. We're way up against it. Let's take a break and come back with more on the VGK Insider Show. VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Monday. Good job, everybody. Great job on the phones. Quite a few calls, quite a, uh, quite a few opinions, thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights, where they're at right now. Um, We're also going to dig into some text here in just a minute, but before I get too far ahead of myself, as you all know, we are trying to hit the jackpot on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You can win up to $2,024 a day, and all you got to do is text a code word to the text line, 702-876-1340. Today's code word, Stardust. Stardust. Like Ziggy? Like Ziggy or the casino or 
Like, did Goldust... Oh, wasn't that Cody Rhodes' character at one point? <laughs> I think it was, yes. He was Stardust to to, star, to Goldust. Yeah, no, that was, that was a thing. <laughs> Stardust, I did not imagine... I could not imagine today, Chapman, that I would drop a Cody Rhodes reference. Anyway, let him finish the story. 702-876-1340. Text Stardust to 702-876-1340, and you are entered to hit the jackpot. Could be a winner. We want the winner to come from this show. So text line is open. It's always open. I love the text line. Diane uh, reached out on the text as well. Agree big time. Anyone remember last year Boston spent before the playoffs? This is in relation to the call from Charlie where, you know, Charlie felt, I'm sorry, not Charlie, it was Rob, where Rob felt that, you know, perhaps Bruce Cassidy is going a little bit too easy or too soft on the Golden Knights and that he needs to kind of push them to uh, get back to the intensity that they had in the postseason. And, and my argument there is it's a long grind of a year. It's 82 games. It's a short offseason. It's dealing with injuries. It's, it's, it's trying to time your peak for the right time. Like, you've got to have something in the tank by the time you get to the playoffs. Otherwise, you're going to lose in the first round or second round, or you're not going to have as long of a run as you'd like. And Diane rightly points out that to a degree, that's what happened to the Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins, best team in the league. They chased down history. They put an overemphasis and a premium on regular season wins in spite of the fact that regular season wins do not spell playoff success. And I think that's what ultimately undid the Boston Bruins. So great call on that one, Diane. Um, that being said, I, I do want to get into the second half of Mike's question, and that was, do the Golden Knights need to add at the trade deadline? And and I said that needing to and wanting to or or needing to and and kind of banking on the fact that they will are two different things. Let's take it from there, Chapman. Do the Golden Knights need to add at this trade deadline? Well, I'll preface the conversation by saying it really depends on what the status of your captain is. Um, if Mark Stone is going to be out until the start of the playoffs or beyond, then I feel you absolutely need to add. Um, I don't think you're going to find a Mark Stone out on the trade market. I mean, in fact, you're not going to. There's no I think in front of that. But I do think that if he's going to be out long term, then you certainly need to add because you you, you have to try to find production somewhere and – I think it would be it would be foolish to 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 not look to add if he's going to be out long term. Now, if he's going to be back before the start of the playoffs, I think that complicates things a little bit just because of the salary cap implications. But if you have the team that you wanted on the ice in game 1 out there for the final stretch run, I think that changes things. I I I feel needing then becomes a luxury and not a a need. Uh, but I think this team has shown in the past that they will look to add if it, if they feel that they can get better. I mean, a couple of years ago, they brought in a guy like Nick Cousins, who who certainly wasn't the biggest name on the market. Um, Matthias Yanmark was another guy, and boy, his fight the other night, who knew he had that in him? But, uh, you know, Yanmark then goes and scores a hat trick in Game 7 against the Minnesota Wild. So... Mm-hmm. A guy who maybe when they made the move, you're like, eh, I don't really know too much about Matthias Yanmark. But I think you then could look for a guy like a Matthias Yanmark, that type of player who will give you depth and make you better. But 
it's not a requirement to add a guy like that if Mark Stone's going to be back. Again, my argument here is that I don't believe if, if all things are equal and this team is healthy, I don't know that you need to add anything. You get, you get Jack Eichel back in the fold. Mark Stone's healthy. You have Will Carrier. You have Pavel Dorofiev as an option. Like I think there's enough there with this team. They haven't lost significant pieces from the Stanley Cup championship team outside of, say, Riley Smith. But the fact of the matter is, I, I just I look at them and I think that they're an incredibly deep and complete team when everyone is slotted where they need to be. The, the problem that the Golden Knights have kind of run into over the last little bit is that they don't have players slotted where they need them, mainly because of the injuries. And Bruce Cassie kind of spoke about that a little bit today in, in relation to Toronto and what they're trying, and we'll play that in our number two as well. But the fact of the matter is, I don't know that the need is absolute and there. I think the desire will be there. I think any time you are tasked with this idea of, I don't want to say creating a dynasty, but going back to back, right? Like any time you have that in front of you and it's very real and it's there, you've got to do everything in your power to get it. And that's not just about the players, but it's about the coaching staff and it's organizational wide. Right? Like, you become immortal if you win two in a row. Like, everyone's going to remember the Tampa Bay Lightning. Everyone's going to remember the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're all going to remember those teams that were able to go back to back in a different way than a team that won, say, Carolina, who won a cup and then hasn't really pushed the envelope in decades. Like, you're going to look back on that a little bit differently. And so, I just think that with this team, with this front office, understanding that they have been aggressive in the past, maybe not specifically trade deadline, but in seeking trades to try to make this team better, I'd be shocked if they do not put something together during, at, before trade deadline to make this team better, not just in the short term, but when everyone's healthy. Well, I don't I don't disagree. I, I, I just come from the school of thought where you look at what the Lightning did when they went back to back, they didn't make any major moves. Like they brought in some smaller role players, guys like Blake Coleman, who were happened to be on the other side of the Matthias Yanmark fight the other night. But um, you know, I, I I think if you can get better, it's it's always prudent to try to get better. And look, I I, I don't know if if this team, it's it's impossible to get in the mind of Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee. And know what they're thinking, but my guess is these guys are always looking to improve. And if they feel that there's a certain area they can move for the make make the team better for the right price, they're going to do it. And I, I I have zero doubts about that. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, just real quick before we go, there's a text in from Frank. Uh, he wants to see the Golden Knights get a win, and he said that Shea Theodore's been bad for a few games now. I I don't agree I with that yeah. whatsoever. I, I disagree wholeheartedly. Shea Theodore has been an absolute bright spot for the Golden Knights in his game on Saturday against Ottawa. He's probably Ottawa. been one of their best players since he's come back. He has been their best. He's been their best player. Like, full stop, Shea Theodore has been the Golden Knights' best player. Offensively, he's making things go. Defensively, he's breaking pucks out. Like, he's doing everything you want him to do, and he's getting better. The timing's getting there. He's been phenomenal. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're not going to talk hockey. We're going to talk a little bit of bowling on the VGK Insider Show. Absolutely love it. Pete Weber. Bowling's... 
Bowling's unsung hero, the one of the biggest trash talkers I've ever come across in the sport of bowling. Uh, of course, that is the 12-year anniversary of, in my opinion, the greatest trash talk in sports history. Weber uh, needed a strike to win his fifth U.S. Open title. He gets the strike, promptly lets out that famous quote, Who do you think you are? I am. But Chapman, do you... Do you know who that was directed at? No, I found out today, but I, I, yeah. I, I had no idea. By the way, I'd like to see like a uh, transcript of what he said because we could make oh. out the "Who do you think you are?" I am. Like, mm. I want to know the rest of what he says. Like, yeah, you know it, you know it. I did it, I did it. Yeah, but I want to yeah, know. No, that's that's what he said. He's like, he's like, that's right. I did it. I told you. I don't know who he was talking to. Okay. So the chirp, who do you think you are? I am was directed at a kid. That makes it 10 times better. It was directed at a kid. That makes it a million. There was a kid at the match that was rooting. (laughs) And it was openly and actively rooting against Weber to the point where Weber could hear him actively rooting against him. And if you know anything about Pete Weber, if somebody was was getting on his nerves, he started to bowl better and better and better. Uh, He bowled a 215, by the way, that day. And so what Pete said, like eight years after the fact, was that he heard this kid rooting against him, and he was like, okay, I'm going to win. And when I win, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to make sure you hear it. And that's when Who Do You Think You Are, I Am came out in the greatest moment in trash talk history. Now, do you know what he meant to say? Because this is interesting. No, no. What did he mean to say? So Pete Weber went on to say that he intended to say, who do you think you are rooting against me? I'm the man of this tournament. I don't like that as much. No. Who do you think you are? I am. That is a beautiful statement. I, I, first of all, I love the sunglasses and I love how they completely disappear after he gets the strike. And is is it, is it Gary Thorne on the call? Like, he goes from yes, calling the Stanley Cup final to calling maybe maybe the single greatest trash talking moment in sports history. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's better, Chapman. Honestly, <laughs> the Stanley Cup final or oh, Pete Thorne. Weber. I, I'd love to ask Thorne. Like, absolutely you were on the call for Pete Weber. Yes. Yeah, trashing a kid. By the way, not to be confused with the Pete Weber, who is the voice of the Nashville Predators. Chapman, I, I don't think anyone's making I, that. Uh, I, I wonder if he's ever uttered the lines. He was just here, too. Like, I wonder if he's ever uttered, who do you think you are? I am. When the Preds I don't think goal. anyone has ever uttered the words, who do you think you are? That's I a am. Roman Yossi Unless, goal. Who do you think you are? I am. No, well, that would be he is. Well, but hey, yes. what are you well, going to do? <laughs> close enough. We will talk about the Nashville Predators in hour number two, one-timers. We might even talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Pettersson. Some trouble there? We'll find out. Hour number two, coming along, right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.